On this episode of the Get Stoked Podcast, my big question is, can the Detroit Tigers find their groove after they got rid of Al Avila? Plus, Carol Hutchins retires from Michigan softball after 38 long and exciting seasons. And Barry Sanders' son joins the MSU basketball team. You'll have that, plus a little bit more on this episode of the Get Stoked Podcast. Here we go. Welcome back to the Guest Oak Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Stokel. It has been a hot minute. It has been a very busy week for me. I celebrated my birthday on Tuesday. I turned a very ripe young age of 24. Uh, want to give out a shout out to uh, my two siblings, or three siblings actually, uh, my three sisters, as it is all of our birthdays this week. And uh, yeah, we're basically all the same age uh ride or die together and happy bur- late and early birthdays to them but uh in regards to being away for a little bit yes it has been a little bit busy and i will hope to return to my regularly scheduled programming starting today friday so the first thing on this list is one that i was truly surprised about and that was the son of a longtime Detroit legend, Barry Sanders. His son, Nicholas Sanders, joins the MSU basketball team as a walk-on. And, uh, of course, the Spartans today released their 2022-23 men's basketball roster, which shows Sanders wearing number 20, the same number his father wore during his legendary career with the Lions. He is listed at 5'9", 170, and he attended Detroit Country Day where he wore 23. And then, of course, over the summer, he made an appearance at a basketball practice where he chatted with the team, and he was considering his college options. And, of course, Michigan State was on that list. And to me, this is a cool piece of news, a nice little piece of Michigan uh, excitement, if you will. I'm sure a lot of Spartan fans are excited to have a Detroit legend son on their roster. And that's not the first roster legend that they've had. They had Tom Tom Izzo's son on there, and they've had a slew of players who have just made cre- uh, great careers from the Spartan program. So best of luck to Michigan State this upcoming season. Best of luck to Nicholas Sanders. We'll see how this season turns out for them. Then on the next piece of Michigan news the longtime head coach Carol Hutchins of the Michigan Wolverines has recently retired she has spent a long career being a key person for the title nine movement plus a key movement for Michigan as a whole making Michigan one of the first northern teams to win an NCC title and she is the NCAA's all-time leader in career wins and she steps down with a record of 1,707 555 and five and that last five is five ties and Hutchins never had a losing season and led the Wolverines to 12 
Women's College World Series, winning the program's first championship in 2005. And yes, she did graduate from Michigan State and coached first at Ferris State for one season before joining Michigan as an assistant in 83. And then two years later, she became the head coach. She helped the team to 22 regular Big Ten season titles and was inducted to the National Fast Pitch Coaches Association Hall of Fame in 2006. And, of course, setting her work on the diamond and, of course, off, Michigan Athletic Director Ward Manuel called Hutchins a legend. And that is nothing short of being a legend. She has been at the forefront of the Title IX movement, of course, for Michigan Athletics. She is the all-time winning head coach for softball, and she has had an outstanding career. And best of luck in retirement, Coach Hutchins. This program thanks you for everything you've done in leading women to a better opportunity in sports. And I hope that Michigan finds a very suitable person to take the helm for the next steps of Michigan softball. As that is a truly tremendous career that she has had. And it is one that I don't think anyone is going to come close to in recent years. It's 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 just going to be one of those things that's going to be a lot like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring thing. No one's going to touch it for a very, very long time. And the last thing I kind of want to talk about before I move into my next topic is going over to baseball, where the Seattle Mariners and... Julio Rodriguez are finalizing a long-term extension that could max out at $470 million. Yes, you heard that right, $470 million. I wish I had at least a million because that would be phenomenal for me, but I don't. And this is the, the Mariners' star rookie, Julio Rodriguez, as they are finalizing this long-term extension that guarantees the 21-year-old, wow, he's three years younger than I am. Wow, and he's a star rookie. That is phenomenal. Uh, it guarantees him $210 million, but it could max out at 470 as it progresses, progresses, excuse me, which would be the richest deal in American sports history. Now, this deal is expected to be announced soon, where, of course, it already broke. And it offers a number of iterations, sources say. The base deal is for $120 million and lasts through the 2029 season. Following the 2028 season, the Mariners can exercise an option for an additional 8 to 10 years, depending on where Rodriguez finishes in MVP voting in the preceding seasons. And of course, if the Mariners do want to turn down this option, Rodriguez can exercise a 5-year $90 million player option after the 29th season, or even hit free agency just shy of his 30th birthday. And granted, the Seattle Mariners are already a team that looks like they're going to make the playoffs. They look like they're going to be a playoff team for the next five, six, seven, maybe eight years. And with this deal, that's just going to prove that this is another generational talent on a very loaded roster as it is. They're only behind Houston by, I believe, six or seven games, maybe 10. And this deal is just astronomically enormous. And I am flabbergasted 
that the Mariners are saying, you know what? He's 21 years old. He's our star rookie. We're going to offer him up to $470 million where this deal could mature to that much and as little as eight, nine years from now. And good for the Mariners. They are my bandwagon team right now. Uh, I'm sure they will be for a long time. I'm a big Seattle sports fan right now. And I'm just at a very, I'm a loss of words. And I'm, I'm going to stand corrected on one thing. There are 12 and a half games behind Houston in the AL West. Uh, they are sitting at a record of 68-57, where Texas is 23 games behind Houston. But this Mariners deal is a lot like what Juan Soto was doing with the Padres or what he was asking for with the Nationals before he got traded to the Padres. So this is this is just another gigantic deal that we could see again in the future where uh, more and more generational talents like Juan Soto, like Julio Rodriguez are going to ask for more money or the their respective organizations are going to say, you know what, we're going to offer this to you. And if it matures like we expected to, you can make top, top dollar. And this is just going to push players say, hey, I want more and more and more money. And this is nothing new as of recently. It ha- it's happening in the NFL. It's going to be happening in the NBA in- soon. It's going to be happening in the NHL. It's going to be happening in Major League Soccer. It's going to be happening in golf. It's already happening in golf with the LIV Invitational, with all of that stuff going on. This is it's just going to push everything higher and higher and higher until the cap just explodes. And this sort of thing might it may get out of control. But right now, the the bear the it's really the beginning of something spectacular yet scary if it's not handled correctly. And I congratulate uh, Rodriguez on this potential extension. I really hope he does get it. Uh, Of course, it's yet to be fully confirmed as it is still being finalized. But Julio Rodriguez is a player that I'm excited to watch out for as more and young, more and more younger stars like Rodriguez, like Soto, like Manny Machado. I know he's not as young, but he's relatively young. Like Riley Green with the Tigers. This type of player is taking baseball by force, and it's making baseball fun again. They're young, athletic stars that are exciting to watch, and some of these players deserve this type of money. And I... Again, this is just the beginning of it, ladies and gentlemen, but we will see what happens here in the future. Before I get to my big question that I wanted to ask, can the Tigers uh, rebound from the firing of Alavila? The one thing I do want to talk about is the upcoming uh, events, which is football, NFL, college, high school, you name it. And... I'm excited because on September 3rd, Michigan plays Colorado State in Ann Arbor. And then short time after that, the Detroit Lions open up on September 11th at home in Detroit. 
And I am truly excited for this season, as particularly, excuse me, I got to say that again, particularly as a Michigan fan because Michigan is in the top 10. They are slated to possibly repeat in the Big Ten championship, potentially beating Ohio State again, which would would be really nice. But Michigan's biggest goal is to beat Michigan State so they don't fall behind by four games. And Mel Tucker has already gotten a big jump on Michigan, winning his first game and a terrible 2020 season, which was shortened, uh, no fans, very regulated. Uh, he got his first win under that. And then right after in 2021, excuse me, it's, it's going to be three games, not four. Uh, 2021, he beat Michigan in Ann Arbor, 37 to 30, 33, excuse me, in East Lansing. Now, going into his third year as Michigan State's head coach with a lot of expectations for the Spartans after he's getting top dollar deal from Michigan State, he is expected to possibly win the Big Ten and possibly, possibly make a New Year Six Bowl or even the college football playoff. Now, he I don't think he's going to produce the same success as Michigan has, especially last season where they finished 12-2, and two, winning the Big Ten Championship, going on to the college football playoff. I don't see that happening for Michigan State quite yet. I see that maybe three or four years down the road if it's possible. But you have to face off against Penn State, Wisconsin, UCLA, USC, Michigan, Ohio State. Now... Now that those two Pac-12 teams are most likely coming to this conference, you have to compete with all of those schools to go to the Big Ten Championship. Now, is the Big Ten going to restructure how they format everything and do the college football, uh, the Big Ten Championship? Possibly. Are they going to have more teams in? There are reports that Oregon, Washington, uh, Cal, and Stanford are in talks to possibly join USC and UCLA in the Big Ten. Now, if that happens, it's you have a super conference by this point. You have a super conference because US, UCLA and USC are already going to be joining the Big Ten, much like Oklahoma and Texas have joined the SEC in 2025. Now, with that being said... There's a lot of questions that still need to be answered, and we can't get those answered until later in the coming years. But Michigan State, they have to compete with all those teams. They have to recruit just as well. They have to be attractive for players to want to come to East Lansing, like people want to come to Ann Arbor, to, to Columbus, to Austin, to Tuscaloosa. And there, You have to compete with all of this talent around you with Alabama and of course Texas, Michigan, UCLA, USC, Florida State, Clemson, just to name the big few. And Michigan State, I I have faith in you, but I've more faith in my Michigan Wolverines. Michigan looks scary. Uh there's a lot of hype around Michigan this season. There's a lot of hype around the defense saying they they have picked up the steam they have picked up where they have left off. They have picked up on the right foot. There's a there's a hot and heavy QB battle between J.J. McCarthy and Cade McNamara. Now, you have 
uh, what am I trying to say? You have big competition ahead of you. And when it comes to Michigan's schedule, of course, Michigan State is visiting Ann Arbor in October, and I expect Michigan to win that game. But Michigan, I'm going to stay with them for a hot second, then go back to Michigan State. Michigan can easily be undefeated up until the, the, the Michigan State game. Easily. It's not even going to be a question, for me in, at least. And Michigan, of course, they open things up against Colorado State. Then they're hosting Hawaii. Then they are hosting UConn. Then from there, they are going to homecoming with Maryland. And then they are at Iowa. And then Michigan State. And I do believe there is one more game in there, if not the uh, bye week for for Michigan. And I will say I'm excited for this upcoming season. I'm excited for my alma mater, Grand Valley. They have a chance to win big this season. But I'll get to them in a second. I'm going to stick here with Michigan, Michigan State. And then after Grand Valley, I'm going to go to Detroit. And with Michigan, of course, it is Colorado State, September 3rd, Hawaii, UConn, Maryland, at Iowa, and then at Indiana versus Penn State. And then you have the bye week, and then you have Michigan State. So Michigan can easily go undefeated up to Michigan State. Whereas Michigan State, on the other hand, they can also go undefeated where they are hosting Western Michigan, and then they're hosting Akron, and then they are at Washington, which is probably going to be their biggest challenge before Michigan. Before Michigan is what I'm saying. But, of course, then they're hosting Minnesota, then they're at Maryland, and then they are at home against Ohio State. What I should have said a second ago was they should Washington's going to be their biggest challenge before Ohio State. But Ohio State's going to be their biggest challenge before Michigan State, or excuse me, against Michigan. Now, can Michigan State beat Ohio State? It's definitely possible. They are they have home field advantage. It's going to be an almost sellout crowd, probably a top 15 matchup. College game day's probably going to be there. And then you're hosting Wisconsin, who is also ranked, and then you are at Michigan. So Michigan State possibly could go undefeated against up to when they play Michigan, but they also have the chance of being at five and two or six and one. It really depends on how they play and how good Mel Tucker can have that play calling. Now with Michigan state, I'm excited for them. I hope they can do well. I hope Michigan can do well. We both want Ohio State to lose, and I don't. I don't blame Michigan State fans. They want, they want the smoke. Michigan wants the smoke. They want. It's going to be a hot and heavy battle, and I'm excited to see it. Now moving on to Detroit, where they play, of course, September 11th, which is a not an easy day at all in our history as Americans, and with Detroit playing on that day. They have, that is actually not their opening day. That's their opening home game, I should say. Actually, no, I take that back. I was looking at the preseason. Their last preseason game is in Pittsburgh. I believe it is this weekend. It is this weekend at August 28th. 
But their opening season game is versus Philadelphia on September 11th at 1 o'clock on Fox. And Detroit has a lot of hype around it. And I am truly excited to see what Dan Campbell can do. And I'm sure a lot of people have watched Hard Knocks on HBO Max where Dan Campbell is hes putting on this persona of where he said, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here, it's like the, the, the way other coaches look at me, the more that they think I'm an idiot, the better our chances are. And the, I, I kind of like that a little bit where – uh, you say, okay, we may not look as good as what everyone's trying to say we are, but we will still bite your kneecaps off. <laughs> and that is a phrase that I love that what Dan Campbell is saying. Sorry, got to do a little water break there. And I, I love the mentality of this Lions team. I love how they are hyped and wanting to be better than last year. They only went... Well, I, I won't say only. They went 3-13-1 last season, and I expect them to win more than three games. I feel like everyone in the country is going to expect Detroit to win more than three games. And will they win the NFC North? It's not going to be likely. You have still have to compete with Minnesota and Green Bay. Of course, Chicago is not really on that table either. They are probably going to win... Adam Max, in my opinion, five games. Because Justin Fields is a quarterback that still needs experience. Chicago lost a lot of players. Their front office is in shambles. And Detroit Lions, they are looking much better than they have in the last few seasons. And I'm truly, truly excited to see how they can handle themselves. Where Green Bay, they have a lot of rookie receivers Aaron Rodgers is contemplating retirement, but he's still going to be playing for the Packers. Minnesota, you you have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins, and Dalvin Cook really as their main stars. And Minnesota's going to put up a good fight. I don't see them going over 500 this season. Packers, I definitely do. But the Lions, they do have a shot of winning the NFC North. I know uh, Jalen... Jalen Rose on Jalen and Jacoby, uh, they, he was saying, <clears throat> excuse me, they, that they're going to go 10 and seven this season. And that's not too far fetched, but I think it's a little over realistic here. I, I'm going to say they go nine and eight this season, second place in the NFC with a potential wild card spot. And the Lions, they, they are America's team right now. They are America's team right now. I don't care what anyone else says. I don't care what the Dallas Cowboys say. That was just from the 80s and 90s. You guys can get off your high horse about it. You guys aren't winning a Super Bowl this season. But Detroit is the new America team. They truly are. It's just, how can you not love the Lions? If, you, if you've seen Hard Knocks, you'll know what I'm talking about. Where Aiden Hutchinson singing Michael Jackson. Where... Dan Campbell is trying to inspire his team to practice hard, play hard, and do well this upcoming season. Yes, they did win in Indianapolis in their second preseason game, but they are going into Pittsburgh with an optimism that I have not seen in a long time out of that organization. And am I excited for it? 
Absolutely. I've said that time and time again. And I'm going to continue to say it as this season is quickly approaching. So Detroit, you have a lot of high expectations, but you also have expectations that you need to prove to yourself first. And maybe in the future, if I can get Dan Campbell to come on this podcast and he'll tell me himself to bite off some kneecaps, I'm going to lose it. That would be phenomenal. But until then, I hope the Lions do better this season. I I have full faith in them. It is full steam ahead for me as they march on down the field under the leadership of Jared Montana, as Jalen Rose says on his podcast, as Dan Campbell, the rookie Aiden Hutchinson, Amon Ross St. Brown going to be wide receiver one. D.A. Chark's going to be a phenomenal player. This is an underrated team, but yet this is a team that you should not mess with yet. Oh, I'm going to be excited, ladies and gentlemen, truly. In regards to Grand Valley now, uh, I am, as an as an alumni of Grand Valley State University here in West Michigan, I'm excited to see what they can do. They are facing off at a, in a top 10 or top 5 matchup against the Colorado School of Mines, which is going to be Thursday, September 3rd here in West Michigan. It's going to be a whiteout. If you're in West Michigan and you're listening to this podcast, definitely go check it out. Get your tickets before they sell out. And I will say, my Lakers team, they've always performed well. The biggest hump that they have to face is Ferris State, who just came off of a fresh Division II National Championship win. I believe it's their first. Where Grand Valley has four, but who's counting? And with this first game, uh, and of course, where to find it, you can find it at Flow Sports, where the GLIAC Conference made that record-breaking deal with Flow Sports. Uh, and I'm I'm excited to see Cade Peterson under the under center again. I'm excited to see Matt Mitchell at the set, at the coach's position. I believe it's his ninth or tenth season. And you can uh, I had him on earlier this season. Uh, he was great to talk to, and I expect to speak with him again at the end of the season. Uh, but Grand Valley, you guys are bringing the hype. You're bringing the heat. I'm excited to see what you guys can do. I believe you can go undefeated up to Fair State, even beyond Fair State, because you, you're you going to have to march into Big Rapids and prove everyone wrong that you can beat Big Ra- or Fair State after losing five, six straight games to the Bulldogs, much like Michigan losing to Ohio State. It's almost the same dilemma, to be honest. And I'm excited to see what you can do. I'm rooting for you. Anchor up. Let's prove everybody wrong. Now transferring over to my big question, at least a question that's been kind of sitting in my mind. Can the Detroit Tigers, <coughs> excuse me, can they can they turn a corner after losing or firing Alavila? And of course they're they were playing earlier today. Um they were playing against Texas, where I do believe they are down seven to four in the bottom of the seventh. But my biggest question for the Tigers 
is can they turn a corner? And for a few games, it looks like they have. With Riley Green batting a little bit better with Cabrera being his typical self, with Javier Baez making more and more phenomenal plays. But it's not just from the players. It has to be from the front office too. You have to find someone that is willing to pick up the slack and say, okay, we need change in this organization. This has been a carousel of rebuilding and then tanking, rebuilding and tanking for far too long. Ever since 2013, when the Tigers went on to the playoffs with a very feared roster, ever since they let go of those guys, it's just been a tumbling, tumbling pit of doom. I really don't know how else to describe it, but it's been it's been terrible. It's coming from a, a Michigan Detroit Tigers fan. Uh, it's been brutal. It's been heartache. It's been when is this cycle going to change where we make we have good prospects come in and say, oh, this will help us turn around. And then it goes right back down again. So I believe A.J. Hinch is the man for the job. He has proven that time and time again, but he's been restricted. And now that there is really no general manager, uh, he's kind of more free to let loose now. And that's that's kind of putting it plainly, where uh, you have all of this talent on the roster. You need some better coaches. And A.J. Hinch, I believe he recognizes that. But are they going to do anything now? No, it's it's far too late in the season to really make a big impact. And they're even if they do win out the rest of the game of the excuse me the seasons this season, I'm gonna backtrack just a second. I just realized what I said. Even if they win the rest of the games this season, they're they're not gonna make the playoffs. It, they're too far gone. They're they're most likely eliminated at this point. And they're on the same boat as the Oakland A's, Kansas City, Chicago Cubs, maybe uh, Cincinnati Reds. Uh, there's there's a couple teams on that list, but what you need to do is you in the off season you need to continue to develop these players, even if they are veterans of the roster. What you need to do is potentially, potentially, I hope this does not happen. You need to make a trade or two. That doesn't mean you need to trade away Riley Green. That doesn't mean you need to trade away Akil Badu. That doesn't mean you need to trade away Javier Baez. What that means is that you get some of your draft picks and you trade in someone who will definitely make a difference, like a Juan Soto type of guy, where Riley Green is similar to Juan Soto, but has he had the same success? No. But I will say this. Chris Illich needs to wrap around his thick skull that there needs to be change. And he started to realize that when they when he had to fire Alavila, even though it's just business, it's gonna be just business. And Chris Illich, there's been a lot of calls to say to have you sell the team. Don't do that just yet. Prove Tigers loyal wrong first. Prove them wrong. Say okay, we are actually gonna make some significant changes, whether it's to the coaching staff, whether it's to the front office whether it's to the roster. Those are just some of the things that the Tigers need to do. But right now, the Tigers just need to keep their heads high and say, hey, 
we need to finish on a higher note than what we did last season. And I believe they can do that. The The players are optimistic at times. But some, just from their hitting performance and their field work, it doesn't look like that. But I hope they can change things around. We'll see in the next couple of months as the season is far from over. But, of course, we will see what happens next. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Guest Dope Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday and Friday for new content. And I did say on my last episode that I would do another rendition of The Bunt. That will be coming soon, but I have other plans as of now. Uh, that's coming in the next week or two. I've decided to redo that one. Uh, I just did not feel comfortable with it, so I took it out, and I'm going to do it again. But this Tuesday... I'm going to be looking at opening day for college football and then the NFL as it gets closer in September. But college football is around the corner, ladies and gentlemen. And it is an exciting time for football fans. So be sure to tune in on Tuesday for that. I hope everyone had a great week. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay warm. Stay hydrated as I don't know. I'm I need to drink my water myself, but have a good weekend, everyone. We will see you then. Take care.